Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so I have one quick thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, by the way, hey guys, hey listeners. <laughs> I just wanted to give one update. Um, based on our last episode, because we were talking about we had that whole thing about shampoos and like the bar soap conundrum. Um and how hard it is to find those plastic bottles. And I got an ad. Or actually, no, I think I saw an influencer posted about this new brand. It's not new. It's just a new brand to me. Um, but they just, they didn't always have this. They used to have um, plastic packaging. And they just started producing all of their um, products, like shampoos and conditioners, like hair products, in aluminum, I think, aluminum containers bottles so it's like 100% recyclable which I thought was really cool and just super timely and it wasn't even I thought it was an ad like a targeted ad just based on like us talking about it out loud but it was from an influencer so I thought that was just like a really fun and timely thing and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna order it and try it out Ooh, I love that you'll have to let us know how it is well it's um I can't remember the actual brand but the the product line that I that I want to try is called Lazy Jane. And the reason the actual reason why it caught my attention was like the influencer did like a before and or yeah, before and after like this is how my hair normally looks and then this and then she washes her hair and like lets it air dry, you know, who knows if it's real real, but anyway, um that's like their whole thing is that it's supposed to like make your air dried hair look better like fuller and like more if you have curly hair like more polished curls and you know that whole thing um and I don't really ever do anything to my hair so I want to try it out I am all about that too because my hair is like like has to be air dried unless I want to spend an hour on it so Mm, yeah mm -hmm. let me know how that is yeah I was telling Mariah one day I was like I'm just kind of like going a little like crazy with my hair and I keep seeing these girls that have like really cute curly hair and I want to like perm it. And she was like, Erica, <laughs> you can't even handle like dealing with and styling your own hair, which is straight. The easiest <laughs> hair to style. Remember? And then I was like, um, remember when you thought that it was a really good idea to go blonde from yeah. dyed like black hair? Do you remember that? How bad of an idea that was? Like, let's, let's buy a wig. <laughs> I know. And I'm glad I didn't do it because I spent like a whole day really investing my time into finding like a really good wig that was like exactly what I wanted my hair to look like. And then I never thought about it again. So <laughs> so good thing we didn't spend $1,500 on a wig and also good thing we didn't ruin our hair for the next four years. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do need a haircut though because I haven't cut it in like <laughs> three years. So we were just talking about this too like how significant it is like when you get a haircut and you're like a kid and people are like at school and they're like oh my gosh did you get a haircut and you got like an inch and a half cut off your hair and you're like yeah and you're like flaunting your shit and then now it's like I've, I'm gonna have to dye my hair black for somebody to be like wow did you do something different to your hair like that looks so good <laughs> yeah because like my hair right now is uh just it's too long. It's too long. It's like weird, weirdly long. And I need to get it cut. Um, but I'm like, I just, I feel like I need to do something. I need to do something dramatic <laughs> in order mm-hmm. for this to like feel like it's a change, even though I'll still probably cut like four or five inches off. Yeah. But it's still, it's still going to be long and brown. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh- we just keep piggybacking off of our like quarter life crisis. So let's just let's <laughs> keep with the theme today. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> we we have had a couple of things like happen to us recently about like the real like just welcome to the real world, honey, <laughs> like where Erica and I have had that kind of reaction to things. So we kind of wanted to talk about it and also this was a suggested topic. Um by one of our listeners just talking about like what our first experience is in the real world as far as like um, starting a career and like what kind of culture shock came with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like um, more specifically, I mean, because I know Mariah and I have talked about, you know, various types throughout this podcast, like our own like little side hustle stuff. And we even have like a, an episode about it. Um, but more specifically, because we both started um, in like a corporate world, like a more traditional like corporate world of 
Mariah and I though both have very different like careers and so our experiences are very different so I thought this would be a really interesting topic yeah I'm excited for this um so recently I had like an encounter um that's kind of been building for a while it was with somebody who I had um I had assisted with getting some like some intern hours and some like experiences that this person needed to get into OT school. So she's um, going to school to do what I do. And we Which, kind by of, the way, guys, uh, OT is occupational therapy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's not overtime. <laughs> overtime school, <laughs> which it is overtime school. But I was going to say, right? <laughs> um, occupational therapy school. So it's like a pretty strict like um, two-year – graduate program and you have to have like X amount of um, like shadowing or volunteer hours before you can even apply to it. So I kind of helped her. We knew of each other. We have somebody mutual in common and, you know, we knew of each other for like pretty much our whole lives. Um, But so I helped her get into those things and then she, so she got in and she's like doing okay. And you know, just the way that, um, you know, she approached me a couple of times was like very unprofessional and like just very like, yeah, the program is hard and it it elicits stress and it elicits like bad things to come out of your mouth that you don't <laughs> you don't want to necessarily like be proud of. However, like consider your audience. Like I'm the person not that you need to like bow down or anything whatsoever. Like you could talk to me as a friend, but like there's a line. Mm-hmm. And the line was being crossed. And I'm not like I don't want to go into detail just because I don't I don't it's not appropriate. But yeah. The line was just being crossed with the things that she was saying like this program is so like fucking hard and fuck this and I'm about fucking over it and like just very negative but like vulgar negative about it and I was like I'm like I'm I guess I'm just confused about what you want me to say to you like (laughs) I think the problem the ultimate uh, or like one aspect of it is that it was just it wasn't constructive. It wasn't I'm having a really hard time with my professor and with my group because my team doesn't align with how like how I work, you know, or you know, well, how do you recommend that I deal with this or did you ever experience this? Like what did you do? It was like very just venting and like more peer to peer and while you do know each other, you are not her peer. Well, and like I just – that's exactly, like, how I responded, too. Like, I can tell you're upset, but, like, I'm not sure – I'm not sure why you're coming to me for this. Like, do you just need to vent or, like, are you looking for – you know, she's like, was it this – was it this fucking hard when you were there? Like, um, yeah. Yeah, it was. But, like (laughs) – (laughs) But I – like, I just don't know what you're looking for from me, right? So – I kind of took it personally, which maybe I shouldn't have, but I was just like, you know what? This is toxic. Like, I'm done. Deleted her, like, deleted off of Facebook, whatever. And I get a text message, like, this past week, and it's like, hey, I realized that you deleted me off of Facebook, and I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of hurt by it, (laughs) Um, but I just wanted to let you know, like, I've really been working on my professionalism and I've really been working on the things that um, you talk to me about. And I think I know where you're coming from with the way that you reacted to what I was saying to you. And I was like, you know, like maybe a little bit too late, but I really appreciate you reaching out and saying that and like recognizing that because like that is that is the real world, right? Well, and I think she it is maybe a little too late for you, but not too late for her. Like, it's great that she's learning that when she's in school and before she's actually, like, gotten to the real, real yeah. world. So it's, like, probably – I mean, I imagine, like, when we, when we were, like, talking about this, like, I had so much secondhand embarrassment because I'm just, like, this is so cringy. I would die if someone had to say this to me. Um but it's so necessary and i'm i'm actually just so 
happy because I don't think I've ever, I've ever really like heard of an outcome like that where someone is actually taken, but you handled it so well in, in explaining like why you were, you were addressing it and what exactly you were addressing and why she should think about it this way and like not making it big drama. Like obviously that, that resonated and I, and that is a really cool thing that I don't think you always. Yeah. And like, so, and I said, you know, a little bit too late and you were like, yeah, a little bit too late for you, but like really not even because I think that she, she righted her wrongs and it, you know, like, am I maybe going to like break my back to, um, find her like opportunities or like hire her someday? Probably not. But if she like asked me for specific help, would I be willing to give it to her? Like, yeah. I think that that bought her like a second chance. Like that earned – and I think that there there's something – this goes back to what we always talk about, right? Like there's something to be said for vulnerability. And she – so if we like really dissect this situation, she was vulnerable with me in both in both ways, right? Like she was vulnerable with me in a quite vulgar and unprofessional way that I didn't like, but that's what felt right to her at the moment. But then she was vulnerable with me in in saying, hey, I recognize what I did. And like both of those things go a long way with me. And as such a good lesson, um, thinking back to when I was more fresh in like, you know, just in the workplace, we've talked about this as well. I have such, um, anxiety about like failing or about like people not thinking that I'm good enough, that I'm working hard enough, that I'm doing it right, that I'm not understanding it, that I'm not smart enough, like all these things. And so, especially when you're, or like when I was new, I was so stressed over making sure I was doing the right thing. But I think what she's demonstrating and it's a really important lesson is that sometimes you don't have to know everything, especially when, especially at like those early, early phases. Like you don't have to know everything, even like when it comes to like professionalism. Should it be a little bit more common sense? Probably. But what she demonstrated is what you do with that information um, once you have it is what's the most important thing. So if she continues to grow and like gain that credibility with you, then you know, maybe you would like, maybe she turn really turns things around somehow. Um, and maybe you would recommend her to something if you felt like it was the right fit or whatever, but, or maybe not, but I think like, you know, at least you are, um, she's not on your blacklist anymore. Yeah, no, not, not even close, um, anymore. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that they're in the, medical field especially it's hard to um so like you were saying you know you had such anxiety about doing something wrong but like there it's hard to understand like the hierarchy of the medical field until you're actually in it and you've already done something wrong mm. so like you don't really know who you can go to so i definitely think that i was like that person that was trying to clear things like she was looking for me to kind of like clear things up with, but like, you know, it just goes, it says a lot about everybody in this situation. So like, you know, as a professor, so like, let's say her professors, like, let's equate them to bosses. Like we should be more aware and more, um, I don't know. I don't know what word I'm looking for, I guess. Just like aware and kind of looking for people who are struggling and then like reach out and be approachable. And like that doesn't necessarily I mean some people are struggling, right? Like some people are just struggling and like they are not going to make it. Like that's not saying that you need to like go and do everything for that person, but it's just like how come I'm the one that that noticed that or like not even noticed that, but like why why wasn't she going to a professor first? Or why wasn't she talking to somebody like is it because those people aren't approachable? And I think that that's a huge takeaway point from this situation is like, if you have a position like that, or if you are mentoring somebody or whatever, like check in with people before they get to that point where they're doing things that are later on cringy. Mm -hmm. Did you do, did you have to do like internships 
Yeah. For, yeah. I don't know. I feel like our fields are so different. And like my picture in my head of like what your internship is like is very much like you're just thrown into the deep end and you are supposed to act like a professional, like you already, already are a professional. <laughs> and like, but yeah. like, so what, what were the biggest surprises to you? Was that a surprise to you or were you kind of expecting that? So I think that I have kind of like an unfair advantage here because I enjoy that. Like I enjoy just being thrown to the wolves and Mm -hmm. um, like I don't want somebody to – like I learned by doing, I don't want somebody to tell me exactly what to do. And then I go do it and I'm like hesitant to do everything. So yeah, I, I do feel like maybe I was thrown to the wolves a little bit. My first internship was on a psych ward and she was like, (laughs) I like showed up and she's like, hi. And like introduced herself to me. Like, so all of our internships, like we had one supervisor. Um, so you were just like basically shadowing them. Like I just had an intern recently. What up, Shelby? Um, <laughs> I just had an intern recently and she like she was just with me. Like sh- and then eventually she just like does my job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I did four separate internships. But the first one was like three weeks on a psych unit and she was like, hi, I'm Chris. And I was like, okay, hi, I'm Ryan. She's like – okay, um, you can put your lunch here. We have to go to morning rounds in like 10 minutes. And she's like, um, take your jewelry off and put your hair up. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I did. And then she's like, okay, are you ready? And I was like, are there, is there anything I should know? And she's like, um, I think we're just going to explain it as we go. (laughs) Like, are you okay with that? I was like, uh, yep, sure. So, yeah. So then I'm like walking around the psych unit, like not sure who's patients and who's staff at this point. Like everyone's wearing like normal clothes. And um, it was <laughs> like pun intended, pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like there's probably like I was placed in that setting out of all the people in my cohort. Like I was placed in that setting because I could handle it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't like, I don't know that everybody in my cohort could have, could have handled that. Right. Yeah. I think you're probably right. (laughs) So I think, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I do think that we're thrown to the wolves a little bit, but like, I never, ever felt like I didn't have support if I needed it, like through, um, professors or something. Quite frankly, I would hope so considering you're in like, you know, a medical field. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, but with that being said, in my first job, I had to do a lot of faking it till I made it. There was not a lot of like um so we we actually talked offline in in I don't know, last week or something because I was asking you about like kind of these questions completely unrelated by the way, guys. Um but Mariah was talking about how like her job is very much like kind of the same wherever you go it's very independent like you don't have a team of people like you you have your caseload and you handle it like on your own and you do you manage your schedule and your time the way that you see fit and so that I would think is really intimidating like when you're new yeah and it wasn't so much like that um, cause I worked in, I worked in a hospital first, like a big hospital and now I work in a private clinic. So the private clinic is like way more lenient as far as like you run things, how you run around them, like just get your job done. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the hospital, it's very much like there's structure as far as like you get here at this time, you're not allowed to leave until this time you take a lunch around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you're on the floor by yourself. Like there's nobody, there's like no office on every single floor that's like checking in with you or like watching what you do. Like you go down, you get there in the morning, you grab a laptop and then you check your schedule. Like somebody makes your schedule for you and you just go up to the floor that you're assigned on for that day. And then you might not. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, so how do they measure success then? So by billable insurance units. So by the amount of time we bill insurance. Huh. 
it's it's seems yeah like a lot of wiggle room <laughs> for um mischievous behavior yeah i do think that there's a sense of like um you know like we all took an oath like we all have a degree like we all made it this far to either have like a master's or a doctorate so there's some sense of like just your word like your professional word that you should just be professional mm-hmm. and that speaks volumes to like what we're kind of talking about is just like you know you you have to be able to make it that far in your professionalism in order to gain that trust from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point. Was any of, I feel like uh, for you and I specifically, cause okay, what I was going to ask was, was any of the structure since like your first, your first gig was working in the, in the hospital. So you do have some more of that like uh, traditional like office type structure a little bit. Um, I was going to ask if any of that was like any, if you had any like kind of culture shock, but I feel like you and I both worked a lot before we entered into like the, the great workforce. Yeah. (laughs) So I think a lot of that is kind of like already was already ingrained in us. Like we already kind of knew how, how shit goes and like, especially working in hourly job, yeah. You are you always have someone or like customers or a manager or like someone up your ass. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I had more culture shock in like my college jobs than I did in my first like real job. Um I think the culture shock in my real my first real job was just like the hierarchy and like the and like this is what made me like want to be a manager and want to be a boss and things like that because like the bosses sucked, (laughs) you know, like what else is new? That's like everybody's job. Right. But like Mm -hmm. they, like this one woman was like real bad. She just, um, was just evil. (laughs) Mm, We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of like a dictator, but like for no, like I get, I get that there's probably some jobs where, like, if you're not like that, you'll just get walked all over. But, like, we had a really good team at the hospital that I worked at. Like, a really, really good team. Like, there was no reason that that needed to happen. Some people are just like that. Like, um, that guy that – so, at my last agency, I had um, – he wasn't my manager. It's, like, a really weird – Thing. there's like a whole backstory that I'm not going to get into because it'll it'll take hours and hours but like he wasn't my manager but he acted like he was everyone's manager and was just like very abusive and like vengeful and mm. was like the the strangest human because he said one time and he actually like 100 100% meant it was that some someone I think it was um like we worked with a media agency so like a whole agency that just deals with this brand's paid media like they they buy all their tv spots and run all their social ads and stuff like that and so we worked with them a lot and the the guy that I'm referring to had a really really bad relationship with them for some reason and one time someone like said something to him that really didn't settle with him correctly or like he didn't like it and he was like I spent all night thinking of how I was gonna get back at this person and he would do that all the time like just just was purposefully very mean so anyway all that to say like I feel like there's just some people that are like that like they just have to they have to have like some sense of control and that manifests in like a really negative way yeah but also like to that point why (laughs) that I think now that I'm thinking about it is maybe one of the more shocking things about the workforce in general is how people like you shouldn't it almost seems, at least in my industry and maybe a lot of industries, is like your only career growth trajectory is to like a one step of that is to manage other people. And not everyone should manage people. <laughs> <laughs> and so those things 
don't, that doesn't make sense to me. Like you shouldn't have to, your career shouldn't be stunted just because your your strength isn't managing other people. But you shouldn't be forced to manage people if also if just in order to grow your career cuz that's really that's really damaging and harmful to other people. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um I could say a lot about this, but I'm yeah. Yeah. So who do you think do you have someone in mind that you have really that was like a really great manager to you and like you really learned and and grew from because I know that that's that is something that you enjoy like you enjoy being in charge and like running things and like you're very comfortable in that that kind of role so is that do you think that's just more comes naturally to you or that you had someone that was like a really great example I think it's probably a little bit of both like I think that um my first job, which I will always say was my favorite job ever, was at the ice cream place. By the way, yesterday I was really craving some Hershey's uh, peanut butter cup ice cream. Dude, oh. if you know, you know. Mm. <laughs> so I used to work at um, – I've talked about it a bunch, but I used to work at this uh, ice cream place that er- was in Erica and I's hometown, and um, Erica would, like, basically hang out there during all of my shifts. Like, she should have gotten paid to just, like, sit there and look cute <laughs> because she was there during, like, every single one of my shifts pretty much for at least, like, a portion of it. But anyway, <laughs> um, I that I think that was my favorite job, and I think that that job really, really set me up for – like a lot of good things to come because I well it helped that I knew the family that mm-hmm. owns it, but they really just trusted me. And there was never um there was, you know, like if I made a mistake, like they understood, like, okay, she's 14, like this is her first job. She's not gonna mm-hmm. do everything perfect. But they, you know, they would like provide the right amount of like, hey, you fucked up, but not so much like, wow, you fucked up. And like, you you know, we're really upset. And like, this is really bad. Like, I never felt like disappointment or anything, you know? And I think that that's Mm -hmm. a huge, um, that that was like a huge way for me to proceed with like, bosses that did make me feel like that I was like you suck like (laughs) I'm not gonna pay attention to you because you're a dick and um that just set me up for like knowing what a good boss looked like that's so hard to identify when you had never because as you're talking I was like yeah you know that like when I after my last agency I realized because that was only the second place that I had ever worked like in my full-time career life um so in your first agency, you're just like, I don't, I don't know anything. Like, I guess this looks cool. Like, sure. But really, I'm just taking any job that will offer me something. <laughs> and then your next one is like, okay, well, I didn't like this or I want this now. And then you go and you seek that. Yep. You seek that in your next job. And then after that, it's either that was like a great success or you're like, okay, I have a, I am starting to get a really clear idea of like what it is that I want now. So for me, that leaving that second agency, that was um, culture. I, I needed to work at a place that, you know, valued their employees and valued their time and their, you know, emotion, <laughs> emotions and like just making them be real people outside of work. And I and I needed a team that like I fit with. Uh mm-hmm. that was really really important to me. And so when I was interviewing at my at the agency that I'm at now, I met most of my team. Um and I had interviewed with my boss like three different times. And so I had a really good idea of at least the team that I was coming into, I actually also met the client. So like I had such a good idea of who I was going to be working with, what the agency was about. Um, and that was something that I really vibed with. And so, but it's so unfortunate. Um, 
that you have to you have to kind of live that <laughs> have that experience and like live through a little bit of it. Um, but I think that maybe would be one of my my pieces of advice, either to like my former self or like future future people that are like trying to join the workforce or like people who are joining like a new you're starting a whole new career. Um, like give yourself you have to know what you don't want in order to know what you want. I think I agree with that. I think that there's a problem <laughs> and this is me like with my dad flying out of my mouth. But, like, there's a problem with people walking into their first job with, like, high expectations that they're going to be, um, you know, treated, like, so good. Like, I'm probably wording this and sounding like such a douchebag, but I think that there's just generationally, like, the younger generation has these expectations that they deserve what everyone else who's worked hard to get gets, right? <laughs> like, can we agree with that a little bit? Like, without me sounding like a huge douchebag, like... Well, I think what you meant to say is kids these days. <laughs> no, without my grandfather <laughs> flying out of my mouth. But <laughs> it's tr- it's true. Like, I think that there's beauty in having bad experiences because then... Not to say that, like, I wish bad experiences on everybody, but, like, you don't grow unless you know what you don't want. But you don't know what you want until you know what you don't want. Mm-hmm. It's like dating. It is like dating. Like, that's not to say that some people don't marry their, you know, first grade kiss. Like, that's not to say that people don't marry their childhood sweetheart and have a wonderful, beautiful life together. That's, you know whatever not to say that people don't land their first job and work there for 40 years until they retire and they love every minute of their job however you're the exception not the rule (laughs) right (laughs) and i i my culture shock i guess is just now i feel like i'm experiencing it with seeing younger people come into the workplace and they're like jesus this is so hard and i'm like yeah like were you expect I'm confused about what your expectations were. Mine is always um when you have like an entry level person and they 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 just are like so like for example there was this um we have this just internal initiative where all of the strategists go and we're assigned webinars or like some kind of you know something like that where we go uh learn the information and we have to do like a a little presentation on it and like present it back to all the strategists just because there's like way too much out there for everyone to be watching and reading everything that said your the the structure is you have one junior person and one uh senior person and the junior you're both supposed to watch the pot or watch the webinar or whatever and then the junior person is the one who um basically everything is on them they have to put the put the slide together they have to uh reach out to you and like uh like present it to you so that you can give any feedback and any um any edits and then they are the ones that present it on the day of the thing So then it was like a couple of days before the presentation and this girl still hadn't reached out to me um, to share her slide with me. And then she was like, oh, um, I'm actually going to be out of town on the day that um, I'm supposed to present. Could you just present this for me? And I was like, "Uh." Mm -hmm. (laughs) first of all, this whole thing is set up to help junior people like you learn to present better and to like structure how to structure your ideas and like how to build um, an effective presentation. Mm-hmm. And and second of all, you don't know me. Like you are a true, like you're just barely out of the internship program and you're going to like, just be like, Oh, Hey girlfriend. Like, can you just like do this for me? Can you just handle it? And I'm like, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Who do you, I don't want to be this person and I'm never this person. And I like, I very, I don't like managing people. I don't like any of that, but also like, uh, who are you? Like, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> yeah. And so it's stuff like that, that, um, 
like you were saying, I think I had less culture, culture shock coming into my first job or into my career and more so now and seeing kind of the younger people coming up. They're not all like that. Um, but I have, I've seen that a few times or like people that are, that are new and they are very similar to the very first story that you told at the beginning of this podcast where, or this episode where people are just so comfortable and are just like bitching to you. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't like, like I don't, this. I don't <laughs> like this. I don't know you. I can't trust you. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, how do I know that you're not going to go? And like, if I'm, if I, even if I'm also frustrated and I agree with you, how do I know that you're not going to go and like tell someone else what I said? And that's right. just, and you know, boundaries, boundaries need to be set. And I think actually that may be, I almost had, so I almost had like a, a, like a up and down, like a roller coaster of culture shock when I came, when I got my first job, because I think in college, I think about, okay, you're going to have a full-time career. Oh, I need to be like um, a business person. Like, and I, and I like bought like slacks and blouses and like, this is very much not who I am. <laughs> not at all. And I hated it. I hated the thought of it. I hated the thought of like being in an office and having to be like a professional. Like that sounds so gross to me. And, and then I got the, I got my first job at this agency. It was like a really small agency and it was like kind of a joke. Um, but it was so casual. It was so, so casual that I almost like, I think went too far the other way. I went too far casual to mm. where, yeah, I was doing things like um, I had a couple of moments where I remember sitting at my desk and mind you, my desk was right in front of the CEO's office. So I probably should have been a little bit more buttoned up than I was. Um, but like, I would like G chat with Rob all day or with Cody all day. <laughs> and like my screen is facing the CEO <laughs> or like, or like, um, one of my accounts was this, I don't remember. It was some brand that was down in the hill country. Um, I think they built, they built houses down in the hill country or something like that. And so I was doing research, but I was like for content, like to get inspo on something. And so I was reading some like magazine. It was like the Texas, like Texas something magazine, but I was like reading it at my desk. And so it was like an hour later and someone was like, um, are you like working? working or are you on break like what are you doing and I was like oh and so I explained myself and they were like oh okay but like just from like the outside perspective it looks like I'm just casually sitting at my desk like very blatantly not working so it's just like little things like that where you don't have to be buttoned up and like in a suit professional but there is still a level of professionalism even if you are wearing a t-shirt and jeans to work yeah, I mean, I literally wear like leggings and hoodies to work, but I mm -hmm. also like, you know, think about the setting. I'm rolling around on the floor, like mm -hmm. <laughs> chasing kids all day, you know, um, mm -hmm. playing with Play-Doh and shaving cream. Um, but, but that's not to say though, then that I can't like flip a hat and go talk to a parent or a doctor professionally, whereas, mm -hmm. you know, you you just have to wear different hats and professionalism is a big one. It's almost like you have to know the, the old saying, you have to know the rules before you can break them. It's like you have to, I think no matter what your job is, you still have to go in with a, a little bit more on the conservative side. Yeah. And you kind of have to like earn your right to break rules a little bit, right? Like not mm -hmm. that we're condoning you break rules, but like we've all taken a little bit of a longer lunch and we've all like gone and got coffee when we like we probably shouldn't have. But you don't do that on your first day or like your first year and you don't like, you know, you just mm -hmm. you just don't. You don't get too comfortable too quick. Right. If you're sitting at your desk and I come up to you and I say hey, do you want to go walk to Starbucks with me? Because this is a scenario that would happen often. And if you're new and you have a deadline, don't tell me yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also as a professional, don't ask. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm allowed to go get coffee. I don't know what you're working on. 
don't ask the new girl. Don't don't set them up for failure. <laughs> um, one other thing I wanted to talk about because I think you you do probably have um experience in this, and I don't want to go too far into it because I think it's probably something we could do like a whole other episode on, or just like incorporate into another episode. But um, one of the things that the like the request was include or the request included wow I cannot find words today um was just like our experience with sexism in the workplace and we've kind of talked about this a little bit if you guys go back um this is another one of our favorite episodes to episode I think it's six or seven the Twin Peaks episode yeah I know I was thinking about it earlier and I couldn't remember when we talked about it I think it's seven anyway um, go back Twin Peaks episode, like you can kind of hear our thoughts on that stuff, but I wanted to like make a comment because this is something that I don't feel like this is where, again, I'm like a bad feminist because I don't feel strongly like in either direction about this, but mostly because I've just never experienced it too much. Um, because my field is a very female dominant field. And I, um, even like the physical therapist that I work with, which physical therapy tends to be a little bit more male dominated, I've never felt like, um, belittled or anything because I'm a female, but I think that it's different for you probably where you're like more in a corporate world than I am. Yeah. And I think part of our structures lend to that, right? Like you don't have to report to anyone. Like you, you don't have a, like you don't really have a boss. Like you manage your own, you make your own schedule. You manage all your own patients. Like everything is mostly like within your own realm. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like you don't have anyone that like, you don't have a, a, boss who's delegating like assigning your cases to you right Um, I mean even when I did have a boss though they were female right and so um yeah and I think sexism in the workplace actually can manifest in a lot of different ways some of them are more like micro aggressions versus like just blatant sexism um, and I think that is something that is learned as well, uh, where you don't really notice them as much. Um, so an example that when I was at my at my first job, and I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that in the scenario I'm about to say, I'm not saying he was wrong, but it wasn't, I didn't like it. So there was, um, I wanted to present something. I think I went, there was a campaign and Rob and I were both working on it or like we both. Yeah. And there was some scenario where I wanted to do something. Um, but the CEO who is actually like a giant sexist pig, (laughs) um, he made a comment to me about how it Rob, he gave it to Rob because, Um, even though there was only three years difference between Rob and I, he, as a man, because he's tall and he's a guy, um, he has more authority and therefore is taken more seriously. And at the time I was just like, oh, okay, I guess like, this is just one of those things that like, I need more experience or I don't know about or like you know I don't know and um but now I'm just like okay but but just because he's a man doesn't make him more qualified than me it doesn't make him more trustworthy than me and if that is how you feel your clients are perceiving your um your employees then isn't this now a different issue like isn't this is either an issue of I'm not being trained properly or maybe I'm not ready to do whatever it was that I was trying to do. And so let's have a discussion about how to get me ready. Um, it wasn't a, you know, 
hey, just so you know, there's like some background information that makes Rob more qualified. It wasn't anything like that. It, it was, was just like, him. hey, he's more qualified. Accept it. Mm-hmm. And so that's like one way, one way that I've seen it manifest. Another is, you know, like at my last job with that guy that I was just talking about, that's like super toxic where, you know, that was like just some of it was really blatant where, um, like one time it was, it was kind of a similar thing where my actual boss was like, Hey, we have, um, so there we're expanding this account. Uh, we're going to hire a new strategist. You can either manage uh, our sponsorships or you can run our influencer program because I created the influencer program for this, uh, this brand. And I was like, okay, well, let me, let me think about that because I was, I was kind of interested in expanding out from influencer and I wanted to do the sponsorships. <clears throat> and so then um, a couple of days later, that guy was asking me about it and he was like, well, what are you leaning towards? And so I was like, well, I think, I think I'm going to tell him this and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, okay, well, don't talk to him yet. I'll talk to him first. And by this point, I had been working there for like over a year and I was like really, really sick of him. And I was like trying really hard to separate myself from him because he was like trying to, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But anyway, and I was like, no, 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 I'll talk to him myself. Like I want to have the conversation. He was like, no, trust me. I will talk to him first. And I was like, please don't. I don't want him to think that I can't speak for myself. I want to have the conversation. And then he immediately left and went went and had the conversation on my behalf without me and without telling me. So there's like that kind of stuff or else other things like if I left for lunch without telling him where I was going, he would text me like every time and text me and be like, where are you? Where did you go? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you ask if I wanted anything? Like super Mm. – just controlling and he didn't do it to any of the men on the account it was just me and so it's like a power thing I think anyway so I've seen it kind of come to life in a lot of different ways like that um other ways is like you know new business pitches like okay like who who are we gonna pull together for this like oh we're gonna put together all of our men because they're the (laughs) cool like authoritative ones or I don't know whatever their reasoning is like stuff like that so it's hard um I think all that to say I just went on like a a nice little rant there but I think all that to say (laughs) is sexism in the workplace I don't think I saw it at first so I don't think that was like a big shock to me until um, until I got to my second job and I was dealing with it on like a, among other things, like on a much bigger scale. And at that point, um, I realized how, how bad it is for women when they don't, because sometimes it's not a direct attack and it's not blatant. And they didn't say something that is directly, you know, you could write it down and send it to HR and they'd be like, oh, we got to handle this. You know, sometimes it's just a way it's just they're they're lingering in a way that's really uncomfortable. Or, and, and I think this is more harassment than like sexism or sex. Yeah. But um, but sometimes it happens in a way that's really hard to explain or communicate and. Or it's like so – so like this goes in – this is what I was saying. We could have a whole episode on this, but it's like so, seems so minor in the moment that like – Yes. If you bring it up, it's like, eh, but is that really that big of a deal? But then like, yeah, like that's the problem. So, sorry, just one last thing because like it was it was that exact thing where it there was just these little microaggressions happening, but they happened all the time, like every single day. And it got to the point where I did tell one of my bosses the first time I told my boss about it, he was he blew me off and was like, oh, well, he or no, what did he say? He goes, this is like dealing with my children. And so after that, I'm like, oh, wow, I seem really silly, huh? Like my problems are very silly. And so I didn't say anything about it again until it got really bad. And that's a, that's a really unfortunate thing. And something that I think I just wanted to, to close my thoughts on that with, you know, 
if you guys are listening, if you're new, especially if you're new to the workforce, but even if you're not, your feelings are still legit and they still matter. And so even if someone, maybe they genuinely didn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable or, but like your thoughts and your, your feelings are still legitimate and should still be voiced. Yeah, I do agree with that. I had like one scenario. I was like in college, I was working overnights at like a video, like a rental place. Like a Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think you did. It was just like it was a very brief, uh brief time. It was only I <laughs> think I only worked there for like four or five months. Um mm-hmm. but I and it wasn't like overnight, overnight. It was but I would work I think they closed at like two in the morning, so I'd work until like three. Oh, wow. And I had like, I had college classes and I was like in the process of being hired and for like such a small place, they were corporate, a corporation. So they did have like a pretty intense interview, which I wasn't really expecting. And I was like, oh, whatever, like they're paying more than minimum wage. Like I'll go apply here. But it wasn't, I wasn't expecting like formal interviews and I was like at college one day and my college wasn't that far from the video place and they called the manager called me and he's like, Hey, can you swing in um a little bit later, like sometime this afternoon? Like the regional manager is going to be here and wants to meet you. And I was like, sure. Like I didn't know that it was for another interview. Like I was never prepared for that. So mm-hmm. I'm just like at college and I'm like, well, I'm not going to go all the way home and like change and then come back. Like he just, mm-hmm. he made it seem like very informal. Like, can you just swing in? Can you pop in later this afternoon? So I like stopped in and I mean, I wasn't dressed like in sweatpants or anything, but I think I was wearing like jeans and a sweater and like boots that were probably snowy and whatever. Um, but the first thing he said to me was like, you're a pretty girl. You should dress nicer when you come to something like this. Oh, and I was like, um, so like in the back of my head, I was like, was that like, did he hit on me? Did he, did he like diss me or Mm -hmm. is he trying to help me grow? And like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff like that in the workforce the workplace where like, you know, if that was a female who said that to me, like, would I have been as offended as I was? Like, I don't know. And like, or what, or what a female have said that at all? Or would a female have said that at all? Like, yeah. But that was a really weird, um, like situation. And then he was, every time I would come or every time he would like stop in after it was like we had to dress up to work there which I never understood because it was like a video place and also it was in like a super small town where like they told people to dress up but they were like not like I looked better in jeans and a sweater than like these people did in their dress clothes because they were just like not fitting Mm -hmm. right or like you know like you you can Mm -hmm. look put together in jeans or you can look like not put together in dress clothes (laughs) Yep. But every time I would, or every time he would come in, he'd be like, all right, outfit inspections. And like, I felt like it was just like such a low blow to me. <sighs> but I, I also like quit that job pretty quickly because they still used a DOS system. Do you know what? Like, no. DOS is like, um, <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what it even stands for. This is like us, uh, being those kids. It stands for um, disk operating system. So it looks like um, it's like a black screen and it has like white, like pixelated, um, you know what I'm talking about? Like pixelated fonts with like bright colors sometimes. Dude, dude. um, So that's, (laughs) it's funny you say that. When I worked at Bed Bath & Beyond, it was only for like three months and they still use that. And that was like part of the reason why I just like could not figure that job out. Like <laughs> it, it made me so feel so stupid. Hard. It was so hard. That's how this made me feel too. Like they had all these like um, different things. Like if you rented two movies, you or two of two movies from like these different categories, you would get like a free snack or like free popcorn or something. And, but you had to manually enter everything and I missed everything. But like the way that you manually entered everything was like through the F, like F4, F5. And I like literally could not, I would do anything that I could to not be at the register when a customer was there. Like I had like such anxiety about it. 
dude yeah that's exactly how it's like i would because ours was whenever someone needed to look up a product or to like see if we had it in stock or to see if it was like at another store like whatever and i would just avoid people mm-hmm. at all costs because i'm like please don't ask me or if they would ask me they would ask me if they were like can you look up and see if this if you have this in another color or whatever i'd be like oh yeah let me go check and then i would just go and like stand in the back for five minutes and they'd be like no we don't sorry <laughs> that's so funny that's like yeah i think that that's that job is where my anxiety um started for sure <laughs> Uh, so one I have one last thought because it, I just thought because like earlier when you were telling the story um um about the OT school it got me thinking about social media and how like when we were uh you know growing up and uh, eventually applying for our first jobs and stuff it was a big deal it was like make sure all your social media is like locked down. Don't have any inappropriate. Don't even hold a solo cup. Don't even have a solo cup in the background. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they think that you even been to a party, they won't talk to you. Uh-huh. And now it is, I don't know. Again, my field is more casual. I'm in advertising. I work in agencies. Um, and so but now, you know, I'm like interviewing people for roles and they have their social handles on their resumes. <laughs> and it, it's such a funny switch now. And I when I actually was applying at my current job, um, like my Facebook's private anyway, but my social or my um, profile photo on Facebook was at the time a photo of me and uh, two of my friends. And we were like in a pool and we were all on like big floaties Mm -hmm. and so we were like all in bathing suits but they weren't it wasn't inappropriate or like provocative in any way it was just like a silly photo and the recruiter had uh texted me like before I really started interviewing and advised that I change it to something else um she was like I just know that some people will read into this and Last year, like the year before, there was um, this big scandal about I actually don't even remember the details of it, but I remember it was like this girl basically like didn't get a job and got bullied by this company for having, mm, I don't know, like a low cut shirt or something like that um, or like photos of her in a bathing suit or something. Mm -hmm. And um, the recruiter called me. And after like that went viral and she's like, I just like, all I could think about was the time that, uh, like I told you to change your Facebook pro, uh, profile photo. I'm so sorry. Like that was such an inappropriate like thing. Like even if people have a, have a problem with it, then that's their problem. And that's like something that we need to fight internally and like all this stuff. And I was like, damn, that's cool. That's a cool thing to me. I think there's definitely a granted, I think there's a line between like, just having photos and like living your regular life and like inappropriateness. But, um, I like that, that change in mentality. I do too. I do think I know what picture you're talking about. And like, I think in your field, like there's just diff again with our fields, like it's different, but like, I think in my field, like that picture probably teeters on the line of like, maybe like a little bit too playful but not like risque just like but like like, should it be that way I don't know like why would you so actually now that you say that so there is a girl um that I know through Rob she's a, a type 1 diabetic but she's a doctor and um earlier this year she was talking about uh there was like this trend where because it is considered to be like really risque and like inappropriate if like a medical professional is in, you know, something that's not like what you would wear in a hospital. And so all these female doctors were posting, there was like a hashtag for it, but they were posting photos of themselves in bathing suits for that reason, just to be like, fuck you guys. Like I'm a professional and I can show my skin. Like those aren't, mutually exclusive I yeah I do agree with that I'm not um I don't like stand strongly in either direction which is probably why I'm a shitty feminist but 
Um, I just, I think that I've seen like some students or like just some people that I have had like work for me or work, um, like intern with me and stuff. And I've seen some of their social media stuff and I'm like, all right, girlfriend, like we could probably lock that down a little bit better. Like we don't need the videos of like, like dancing and twerking and like doing, (laughs) doing all the things. So then here's the question for you. We have a podcast that is not exactly safe for work. No. So is that different than if you are applying for a job and your employer tunes into our podcast and is is like, oh, well, you talk about sex a lot and you talk about like, I don't know, whatever, all the like not safe for work, not professional topics and you say fuck a lot so I don't know about your character I think well I think my character is pretty clear based on our podcast (laughs) if nothing else our character (laughs) is elaborate I think that it's the intention behind it right so like I'm thinking specifically of this one girl that um applied to intern um with me in New York and I like looked her I you know I of course I stalked her and stuff and I'm just like it's just like boobs and butt and more boobs and more butt and butt and butt and butt and like she's a beautiful girl but I was just like why like why is that necessary for you and then I'm saying you know and then I'm like okay like what trauma have you been through that's like (laughs) making you seek that much attention so I think that it's like your intention behind it right like you with your picture and your um, bathing suit with like your friends on the floaties is not risque per se. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's flirty. It's whatever. It's, it's not even flirty. It's just like you guys like hanging out, but like you're pretty girls. Like, you know, it's, it's a cute, fun, playful picture, but there, it's not like you guys all sitting on the side of the pool, like with your butt cheeks out and like, you know, (laughs) what you're saying is, you know it when you see it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like the intention behind it. So like your guys' intention is like, Hey, we're having fun, like girls day. Woo woo. Mm -hmm. And then like her intention seemed like, Hey, I have a big butt. Like (laughs) I'm kind of slutty. So the same thing, the same thing with our podcast, right? Like, are we a little vulgar? Yeah. But do we try to educate through that? Also? Yeah. So I don't feel like I don't feel like anything we put out here is a ding on my character or your character. Yeah. Whereas if you had a Facebook profile picture of like your tits, then I think that's a ding on your character. But I think that's personal, right? Like it's it's through uh, reality is in or what is it? It's like something in the eye of the beholder or like something reality is basically if. So if you think that and that's what you are interpreting, that's your truth for her. So you are like seeing her photos and you're like, well, I'm interpreting this as she's unprofessional. But or like someone could listen to our podcast and interpret it as like these girls are really vulgar and they, they don't fit um, my preferences of like what a female should be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and like, I think also because we are so, you know, we want to be more, oh, I don't know. I think I, I would love to see it be more open instead of it being like, oh, I'm afraid to give you a chance because you uh, are, you show, you're more comfortable short showing more skin all the time than I am. Therefore, I don't think that you would be good for this role. Like, I don't know if those two things should equate to one another. So, and I, but I think that's a cultural thing, right? And that's going back to like my old CEO. Well, I don't think that you should have this. I think Rob should do this over you because I think that Rob is more authoritative and you people would like the clients would take him more seriously. He doesn't know that. That's just what he thinks based on his lived experiences um, and traumas. (laughs) I'm going to say, but, you know, uh, so I think there, there's a line there or, you know, of just, um, not even a line. I think there is an element of just awareness on everyone's behalf of like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel turned off by this person? 
Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I think that – and it just loops back around to the original story of like why was I turned off that she was speaking mm-hmm. to me in that way and why is that deemed unprofessional because it is unprofessional. <laughs> but would everybody think that? Maybe not. She didn't think that, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, to wrap things up, guys – um, we, yeah, maybe we didn't do a great job about talking about <laughs> professionalism because we might not be the most professional. But like everything we say, there's a time and a place for everything and mm-hmm. know your audience. And um, even if it's not something you 100% agree with, you need to still know your audience and kind of follow some rules until you earn your right to not. Yeah. I think sometimes, especially if you're just starting a new career, it's okay to just observe for a while. Yeah. It's okay. And it's okay to blend in and kind of fade into the background until you learn enough to where you can really be like, nope, yep, nope, 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 yep. Don't be like that guy. Oh, this is this is my my closing story. Don't be like that guy at my first job who, on his first day, was introducing himself and said, "My goal is to have that corner office in three months." <laughs> it's like we are all like, "Aren't you like twenty <laughs> two? Yeah, like there's there's confidence, and then there's ew. <laughs> yeah, don't be ew. Ah, oh, good luck finding that, guys, because I know we're not helpful. We're just like, yeah, you know, sometimes that is okay. Sometimes that's not. <laughs> yeah, let us know how that works out for you. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Like always, like honestly, like always, um, follow us on Instagram at like honestly pod. Recommend us to a friend. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. And just so you guys know, we're we're still figuring it out, so it won't be like really, really soon. But we um, are going to have access to like video. We're going to be able to record ourselves um, with some high quality video, which we have been trying to figure out for a while now. Which um, I'll actually have to wear a bra while we record, but that's fine. I means I'll actually have to like, you know, put, <laughs> look presentable. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe we just won't. Maybe we just won't. Guys, vote. Yes or no. Bras or no. <laughs> yeah. No bras? No. No bras. Right, guys? No bras. <laughs> Uh, all right guys until next time bye